Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Basketball to Business Media Podcast, where we help basketball player developers increase their sales, build awareness, and scale their training business. If you like to learn more about what we do and take action towards getting more clients, check us out at www.basketballtobusiness.com. Now, here's your host, my son Jones. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Hoops Institute, the leader of basketball marketing websites for trainers to attract new clients. Now, if you have a day job, you do not have technical skills, you need a sales rep to represent you while you're away from your business, an assistant, or if you spent bukus on your current website and it's a pain to update content every time something new happens, these Hoops Institute websites will be perfect for you. There's an appointment booking system, there are blog posting systems, email marketing systems, landing pages, social media help, all of the above. And there's currently a free 30-day trial going on right now, so there's no risk to trying it out, to having a lot of the activities that basketball trainers have to do to scale a business, but take them away from doing what they love and what earns revenue, which is training. So go over to www.hoopsinstitute.com and fill out your form for a free website. And now for the show. All right. Thank you guys for joining the Basketball to Business podcast. Today I have with me Stacy Scott. He's the founder of BDA Basketball Development Academy. Hoops has made millions when it comes to many different businesses and he has a wealth of knowledge from training over thousands of students over the years. Been in business since he's been 25. He's got an extensive resume that would take the entire podcast to talk about. So Stacy. Thank you so much for your time and for being able to make it. Yeah, you're welcome, MJ. I'm here. For sure. So for thanks, the audience. Thanks for having me, me too. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I've been wanting to do this for a long, long time. So Yeah, we have. We've talked about this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Glad it's here. So for the audience that's listening, why should they take heed to every single word that you say? Can you speak on your business accomplishments and your training accomplishments? Yeah, sure. But I want to speak on the individuals that are listening first. You must have a reason to be listening right now. Otherwise, you shouldn't be listening. That's the first thing. Because regardless of who gets on a podcast or who is a teacher teaching, if the student is unwilling to learn, or doesn't have a passion to learn or an interest to learn, it doesn't make any difference who it is. You can have a billion accolades. You can have the truth, but you'll never hear it. So I want to turn it to that aspect first and then throw it to me. You know, I've been doing this business for almost 30 years, and I have a reason for doing this business. The reason is I was caught up in being a tweener, and I'm sure if you're in the business, you know what a tweener is, and it got me cut from several teams. And after the San Diego cut you know, back in 84, I had said to myself, I never want to see a kid get in this situation ever. Now, back then, there was no real trainers out there helping players move themselves to the next level. So I decided to say, hey, I'm going to find those kids that are underdeveloped and start developing those kids. But that took some time and it took a little revenue. Fortunately, I have a business degree. My dad is well off and uh, I started a a business uh, back in 85 in technology and uh, created software, created a computer for the real estate and mortgage industry and made a lot of money with that, which funded, you know, my teaching with the kids and uh, went from 
you know, working with the kids to working in the business and back and forth and back and forth, end up selling the business, focus a little bit more on the kids and, you know, fell back into the real estate industry. I put together a successful firm in the Seattle area with two offices and did well with that and still funded the kids with the training. And, uh, you know, kind of had a little market collapse in uh, 07. I don't know if you guys remember that. And obviously it didn't hurt me at all. I had the academy that I was working uh, plus my business, a real estate firm, and ended up saying, you know, it's just time to get out of the real estate firm and just focus on the kids. And, you know, from that standpoint, just stayed with the kids and started to move uh, BDA in a different direction, more in the direction of more kids. Did a lot of training for Nike and Adidas nationally. Every time I trained everywhere, all the parents would always say, you know, hey, you should come here. We need to come here. So I I said, listen, it might be time to spread myself out a little bit. And and that's what uh, gave me the gumption to create a duplication of BDA and start training trainers in other areas to do what I do and grow a business successfully in the area. So uh, that's what I started to do. So the biggest notion guys have out there and trying to promote themselves or sell themselves on individuals coming to them is they want to sell their accolades what they did and how many points they scored and how many championships they won. And the truth is that that's completely irrelevant to actually being a teacher and growing a business in training individuals. So I want uh, everybody to know that you need to focus on the results. I don't care who you listen to out there. If they don't have verifiable results, you cannot listen to them because there's no proof. Now, if you uh, visit our website at all, you'll see that there's a ton of before and afters because we want people to see development, see growth, literally. If you don't have, that's the best way to prove growth is through film. Film never lies. So if you say, hey, why should I listen to you? You know, when we talk to kids uh, and parents about our, uh, our training, we really don't even talk to them. We say, listen, go to the site, look at it. Look at everything. Look at everything you want. Look at a kid. When we first get the kid, put them on film, evaluate them, see where they're at. As we make the adjustments and things are changed, refilm it and look at the difference. Put them side by side. You send the parents there and let them see it. So you want to know why you should listen? Because I get results. That's first and foremost, that I get results from training. Second thing, I was built a business. I train people to do what I do. And then from there, they go and duplicate what I do. It's almost like a McDonald's. So that's the biggest reason why someone should actually listen or not. It doesn't hurt me for you to listen or not listen, but I know it would help you to listen. So that's the reason why. Right. So, man, so many different directions to go into. Can you touch on your mindset when you, the old life, I'll call it the old life, when you were running the real estate firm and also BDA, has there been a huge, was there a huge mindset shift when you were running those two jobs versus when you started focusing on BDA by itself as your full time? No, it was a shift. I mean, there's a business aspect to both of those businesses. Obviously, you have to make sure you have your marketing attack and your cash flow going and your business being able to scale properly. You know, there's no big mind change their business is business. I mean, whether you're selling coffee or training basketball, you know, there was challenges, 
challenges of going into the office sometimes. I didn't go into the office a lot, but maybe four times a week, mainly in the morning time, because obviously the kids get off at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and, you know, my afternoon evening hours are, are with the kids. So, you know, sometimes it was hard to uh, keep focused, knowing that, you know, I was going to see a kid later on that day and that I had to put some attention to and vice versa. There might be a transaction going on within the office with one of my realtors and it needed attention. And I, it was a serious attention that was needed. And I was in on, in a, on the gym floor with a kid and that was I was constantly thinking about that transaction that needed help. So there were some challenges, but, you know, it was basically the same thing. Business is business. You know, you just have different products. That, that's all. So with that different product, how you said you had to focus on your marketing strategy, how to scale. What was that marketing strategy to grow BDA? Wow. It's not really a marketing strategy. Marketing is marketing. There is a strategy of building, but marketing is just an aspect of the strategy. Again, we got to go back to the beginning. You got to have a love for kids because that surpasses a lot of understanding. I know I've taught my directors, you have to focus on the kids. And I recall me being in meetings that we I don't have a kid join our organization without a 30-minute talk. And that 30-minute talk is meant to scare Jesus out of these kids, let them know that this is serious, this is training, this is not throwing up a basketball. You're going to have a lot of responsibilities that you're responsible for. And if you can't do those, this is not the place for you. So when I start start talking about building a business, there's certain things that I need from the trainer and there's certain things that I need from the student. If those things aren't in place, it won't work, period. Now, you say, can you go and, and, and... and get by, yeah, you can go and get by, but I'm talking about building and growing. It, it, that won't happen that way because if you don't have a, the commitment from a trainer, it's going to fumble. If you don't have the commitment of the kids, it will surely fumble. We have a 100% money back guarantee on our work, so I have no leeway. You've got to do exactly what's in the blueprint of, of development, of, in our aspect of development. If you don't do it, it won't work. So you got that aspect, you got the aspect of the students, and now you have aspects of the training, okay? You have to know what you're doing. Now, those guys that look uh, uh, at videos and they read books and all this stuff, and, uh, the truth is that's kind of cool. I get it. But it has to relate to the kid. So when they do something, there has to be a result. You have to do something to get a result. and It's got to be verifiable which is another aspect of it. The other aspect is business. You have to know your numbers. You have to know your numbers and you have to know how to grow the numbers. You have to have um, a safety net. Now, this is a business that you don't have to have the safety nets that a lot of businesses have because it's almost inflation proof because you have these parents who pay the money for their kids and they want their kids to be the best. So they'll put their money into their kids before they go out and buy a cup of coffee. So it's almost kind of inflation-proof, but you still have to have your numbers come in properly. And a lot of those numbers don't come in properly because of the way you're training or the way you're treating your business. So if your training isn't right and the way you treat your business isn't right, those numbers aren't going to reflect properly. And to get into details on that, it's another pause. I can break every aspect of the business down 
in our segments, but it, I just can't do it that quick here. It's just impossible. So I'll only talk about the things that need to be in place. Then you have to have the trainers or the coaches. You should have coaches. There's a difference between training and coaching. We have training sessions. We have practice sessions. Training sessions deal with skill work. Practice work deals with IQ. We don't commingle the two. It's one or the other. So you have to have trainers that understand what they're doing in both of those aspects. If you don't have trainers that know what they're doing, because there has to be some koinonia. And what I mean by that is there has to be unity. Okay, You can't have one coach teaching one thing and then another coach teaching another thing. Because now what you turn into is you turn into another team. And that's a pitfall that a lot of these guys have. They create teams. They don't create businesses. And when you create a team, what you're saying to the kids or whoever, you, the players, you're saying to the players that I'm just a team. I'm no different than this other team. So for them to say, hey, I can leave this team and go to another team. Well, they're correct. So if you're not giving them something more than being a team, you're not a business. So our training is specific, and we say we are a training academy. Now, with teams, because there's a certain point that you can get to in training that you have to have other players, five players. You have to have five players on the court, especially when you start getting an IQ. You have to have five players, which is pretty much a team. And if you're going to actually take your training onto the game floor, you have to have five players. You not only have to have five players, you have to have a team because you have to take those kids into play, in the tournament play or scrimmage play, and then work on the things that you're working on in training to move it onto the game floor. So it, it's almost like a must. You can't say to another team, which we've tried for years to do but don't really do it anymore, but you can go to another coach that you're training a player of the player that you're training and go, hey, listen, I need them to work on a uh, 15-foot uh, dribble shoot mid-range. So when you play in the games, can you make that happen? They don't know. They don't have a clue what you're talking about, nor do they care. Their goal is to win a basketball game, not to develop a kid. I want to win the basketball game and not there's confusion on that. People think you win basketball games, you're growing. You're not, okay? There could be two players on the court that are growing because they're putting in the effort and putting in the time and dribbling the basketball and shooting the basketball, and you have seven kids that aren't really doing anything that have no growth. So you have to be careful sending somebody somewhere and having them do what you are doing to a kid. It's just impossible. So we have teams that we can actually literally say to these kids, okay, we've been working on uh, dribble shoots, right? Yeah, yeah, I need you off the ground. I need you to get up 10, I need you to get up 15 shots this game. I don't care how it happens. I don't care about losing the game. I want you to be selfish. I want you to train. That's what I want you to do. For this game is a training game. Go in and train. And I don't care if we lose by 20. I need to see growth. You know, I need to see these kids grow. So there's all these different aspects of this business that is just so huge. And people don't pay attention. Every time we play a team and we train on the floor, uh, the parents, other parents of the other team always comes over. Well, who are you guys? because they see real training. We pull players off the floor to the sideline while the game is going on and go over the things that they were doing in the game and, and say, hey, okay, you remember we worked on that. you got to go back out. Hey, give him back the ball. Go again. Try again. And they see that. And what is going on? And it brings interest to the other team's parents. Like, you guys are really working with these kids. Yeah, what's what we do. You talk about building business. Well, people need to see that you're building kids. Building kids builds a business. So 
there's just all these little different aspects that I can go into detail on that will take forever to get across, to have the audience really listen, to say, hey, listen, I'm not just a coach. There's a lot more involved in this. I'm not just a, a trainer uh, drilling a basketball. You know, I need to make things happen. And sometimes our teams go in in the beginning of a season or beginning of development, and they are not the greatest team. But over time, after we fix all these little things that we're putting into training, they become very good. And now we start looking towards Sunday. And those of you that are in the business know what Sunday is. That's championship. That's bracket day. And that's what those kids look forward to at the end of the day. But it takes growth. And if you can have a team that a referee is usually these, if you're in an area, you know, you have referees that usually, you know, ref events, they're not coming to you saying, hey, man, your team is getting better. Man, your team has really gotten good. I remember if you don't have that happen to you, it's a fumble. You're not growing. Yeah, that's good. And the piggyback off of that notion, we'll remember an older Dodge, you have to break egg to make an omelet. So it's like, okay, you have to almost get worse before you get better. And the competitor, I know in myself, when I played ball in college, it was so difficult to do that because I want to win. I want to compete. But right. I didn't realize that, no, I mean, competing is good. Winning is good. But if I'm sacrificing my development and strengthening my weaknesses just to win, I'm doing myself a disservice. And it's the same thing for the kids and training them too. So that's a great point. And you have all these systems and processes set up. I mean, it's, it is obviously full develop as a well-oiled machine, but for the guys who are not there yet and who, you know, who are afraid to fail, don't know where to start, where would you suggest that they start? Would it be just, like you said, building the kid, building the business? Is that the main focus? No, no that's not the main focus. Okay. Where is you start that? with you. You start with you. You start with you. You start with you. You evaluate yourself. What are you doing this for? What are you doing this for? And then what are you willing to do to get what you say you want? Now, I've had guys come to me, and they want to train. And the first thing I want to know is, who are you? I mean, what do you mean? What do you want to train? What do you do to train? What do you do to train? Tell me what you do. Okay, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, tell me what you do. What do you, what do you, you train, right? You have kids. What do you do? I'll give you an example. I'll give you a kid. What do you do? And they start telling me what they do. And it doesn't make sense. I'll give you an example. Well, I get them and, you know, I start working on shooting and we just keep, we pump up shots and we pump up shots and we pump up shots and try to make sure, you know, they keep the L in their arm and, you know, we just go at it and, you know, we take a step and we just, we shoot. Okay. Well, okay. So uh, be more specific. Well, what do you mean? Well, okay. You said something about an L, right? Okay. So what do you do? How do you create that? Well, make sure that the arm is okay. But how do you do that? Well, I just make sure that, no, but how do you do that? You're not explaining to me anything. I, I want to know the whys of it. You're telling me of the what's of it, and I want to know the whys of it. And I'm looking for them to explain to me exactly what they do to create the results that they're getting. If you're not doing that, you need to find a way to do that. Find somebody that can actually teach you a process of what you're trying to do. You're trying to be a professional. It's just like you saying, yeah, doctor, I need gallbladder surgery. And you how do you do that? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to cut you. Yeah, 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 but what are you going to do after that? Well, I'm going to go inside of you. Then what? Yeah, then I'm going to go to work. Yeah, but what are you going to do? I'm, I'm, I'm going to work. I'm, I'm going to get your gallbladder. But how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and I'm going to cut it out. Yeah, but how? What do you do? What's the procedure? 
and they can't explain it, you'd be going like, no, you're not the right doctor. So there's things that they have to do for themselves, which is really a commitment to say, hey, listen, I'm going to do what I have to do to get in the position that I have to get in. And a lot of it has to do with personal issues. There's some things that are going on in some of these guys' life personally that they have to get out of the way in order for them to come into my organization because those things get in the way. I've had kids come, guys, men come to me, and they've had some speech issues, uh, really harsh speech issues. They could have some harsh words that they use, swearing and cussing. All those things have to go. You know, you can't tell me what to do. I cuss a lot. All right, fine. Do what you want. I'm talking about building a business. That's all I'm talking about. And you're trying to say you can't sacrifice something to get something else. Nah, it's just impossible. You think you can go and cuss and drink and smoke and do all these things and get away with it with these kids? It's not going to work. Okay? You just want to hang out and do a little hobby thing? All right, I get that. And it doesn't really mean anything. Nobody's going to pay me $100 an hour to train their kid, and I'm a mess. It's just not going to happen. And it's not going to happen because they're not going to allow it to happen. It's a personable business. And as personable as you can be is the better. You know, I'm on edge every day. I have to watch everything that I do with my life on a day-to-day basis. These kids, I'm almost, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm almost like a god to these kids. And if I go out and do something stupid and they look up to me, I can ruin thousands of lives. And I take that serious. And there's things that I have to get out of my life or change in my life or do in my life for these kids, I have to be willing to do it. So I that type of personality needs to step into this type of position to get this type of results. It's just not going to happen. I wish I could say something different. But if you're in that position that you're not growing, then step back and take a look at yourself. It has nothing to do with the kids. It has something to do with yourself. It has nothing, might not have nothing to do with the way you're actually conducting your business from a number standpoint. It could be because you don't have the personable connection with the kids or the parent. And there's things that turn parents and not so much the kids because they're going to follow you, you know, attitude, reflection, leadership. So you go on a basketball court, you go into a game and you're cussing at, at the rest. Well, the kids are going to cuss at the rest too. You're going to yell at the rest. Well, the kids are going to yell at the rest too. You know, we don't allow that. As a matter of fact, uh, when we have our games, our coaches, it's mandatory that they go to the refs and tell them that they want them to give our kids text. You give them a technical. If they even look at you strange, give them a technical, period. If they give, do it again, give them another technical because I want them out of the game. Not because I said so, because you said so, because they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing and if they want us to train them and get them ready for high school and get them ready for college. Well, that's unacceptable there. Why should it be acceptable here? So kick them out of the game. Yeah, parents, yeah, I told them to kick your kids out of the game if they act a fool or they do something stupid. Just understand that's what's going to happen. And if you want to go someplace else to play basketball, I'm okay with that. But you guys are paying us a lot of money to make your kid what you want them to be, and this is all a part of it. So there's just a heck of a lot of aspects that go into this that some people don't want to look at. They don't care to look at. And they say, well, I my business growing. Well, your business will grow when people can look at you and go, hey, that is a class organization. That is class. I trust my kid with these people. 
not only do I trust them because they're good people, solid, but I trust them because they know what they're doing. So you have a business that have class people, class organization. You have an organization that has a, a top-notch training that's verifiable, and you can actually see it. And it's money back guarantee if it doesn't happen. So I'm in a no-lose situation here. Uh, caring, they care about academic. You know, we do great checks all the time. We require 3.0. Otherwise, you get suspended, and you've got to bring it back up again. So all these things that we put into place that now parents can sit back and go, hey, okay, this is different. <laughs> this, is not, this, is, this is crazy. So you know what happens? The referrals start coming in. Oh, you need to be this way. Oh, you need to be God, listen, get the train is on. And they say, oh, this is, you know. And my kid, you know, he used to cuss all the time. And we just couldn't get him to stop cussing. And for some he just doesn't cuss anymore because we won't allow him to cuss. He'll get cut. He'll get released from the academy for stuff like that immediately. Immediately, you know. Are they able to walk into your gym and you blow your whistle and it's complete silence? I can't teach if there's chaos. It's got to be complete silence. You have got to be listening. All eyes on me. If not, I will shut up until all eyes on me. And then some one of the other players or the students not nudges a kid. Hey, listen, look, look at them. You know, look, look, look. They know this is serious. So how serious is your business? And a lot of these guys don't have businesses. They have hobbies, and they haven't realized they have hobbies yet because they're not willing to take accountability for all these different actions that says, hey, you're a business. They don't have that, and you can't kid yourself. So there's going to be some things that some of these guys are going to have to go, hey, I'm going to have to make some changes, and that's the hardest thing. But if they have support behind them, they can do it. But a lot of times some people don't have support, you know, to say, you know, hey, guys, you know, I got to stop swearing so much. You know, and then they got friends out there. They go, oh, please, man, what are you talking about? And then they start cussing. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, it's no big thing to him anymore. Now it just wrecks his business. He's letting somebody else run his business. So, unfortunately, there's going to have to be some changes in, in one's life to get to another level. It just is what it is. And I'm using the cuss thing, the swearing thing. It's just one aspect of the whole thing. But where you get little things like that going on, you have bigger things going on, real bigger things. And I won't get into the details of those bigger things, but you get things like that happening, uh, bigger things are happening that you really don't see or haven't come to fruition yet, but they will come to fruition eventually. Right. It's like that compound effect. It's like once you move the ethical line over one time, you keep moving it and keep moving it. And like you said, it keeps growing and growing. So what's one? Worst of all, somebody else is moving that line and you don't even know it. Right. That's what's worse. It ain't that you are, are moving the line. Someone else is moving it and you're unaware of it until it's damaging and you can't, you can't recover. That's good. That's good. So what, what are the small mistakes? What are areas of your business that are training or both that yeah. you fall short of, that you fail? Daily, dude. Daily. Daily. Failed yesterday in Beverly Hills, California. I failed. And I'll explain what failure is because it's not a bad failure, okay? It's, it's a good failure, but it's still a failure. If there is a kid that you're working with that, why well, I can use this kid specifically then? There's a kid that just started training you know, three weeks ago, and he's probably, probably 50 pounds overweight. And normally when we start our training, we go to the most difficult thing and then work toward the most easy thing. And uh, 
uh, the most difficult thing is shot training. It's just more difficult. It's more muscles to get in place, and we want to get that out, and it leads to the rest of training. Uh, if you can't shoot a wide dribble because you need to dribble to the shot, it doesn't make any difference. Well, you start training with this kid, and like I said, he's like 50 pounds overweight, and it's going to affect him. In the beginning of shot training, it's mainly stationary, muscle development. You can get away with two weeks, but after that, it's a problem. I um, told him that he's going to have to condition himself uh, somehow. I gave him uh, homework of at least running around his block twice. And for the last two weeks, he hadn't been running around the block twice, but he says, I've been doing a mile on Tuesdays and Fridays at school, but that doesn't mean anything. That's a run-walk thing, kind of relaxed talk, that kind of thing. So after thinking about it, and he comes in, and I know there's no real cardio being done, I had to look at the kid and tell him, listen, I've made a mistake. Not making a mistake for training you. I made a mistake putting the cart before the horse with you. You need to get in shape. So we need to get you with one of my strength conditioning guys immediately. But your shot training is going to go on halt. When you're in private training, you're going to work on ball handling only. And once you get your stationary handle all the way, now we know you have control, you're going straight to movement drills. So that's all you're going to be doing for a while. So my mistake was not paying attention to his weight and seeing how that is more of a challenge for him than I thought. And sometimes kids will just tell you things that they think you want to hear and you go for it and it takes you a couple of weeks to figure it out. But this is one that uh, I should have caught a long time ago. I should have caught in the initial meeting with this kid and I didn't catch it. And, and that was a huge mistake because I wasted three weeks of time with this kid. And I think I've wasted money. And if that proves, proves to be so, then I, here again, it's my way of business. I have to give them a free month of training and it's okay because they'll come back to me in spades. So when I'm with kids, you know, if you're really teaching and you know what you're doing, there's stages in training to get to certain points that you want to get to and your final result. And sometimes you think things are going so well that you might say, okay, I'm going to move this stage a little faster and maybe go into the next stage. And sometimes that's not right. So I make mistakes like that all the time because it's deceiving sometimes. A kid can be in a good rhythm and it could be for that moment, for that five minute moment, I don't know, 10 minute moment. And I might look at it and go, hey, this is good. And uh, I miss the fact that that muscle hasn't done enough yet. And it might take an hour. It might take two weeks. It might take a week. It might take three days. But I make those mistakes all the time. Moving a little bit too fast ends up having to back up a stage or two and revisit those stages and then build back up again. So, you know, I make those kinds of mistakes all the time. Okay. So who would you say it can be in your crew? It can be someone outside of BDA. Who are the most impressive, lesser-known teachers? Kelly Edwards in Seattle. But he's really, really busy. But I try and encourage him to get out of the box a little bit. But it's just it's, it's too busy in Seattle. We have, you know, 400 and, what, 430 kids, like 28 teams or something like that. He's really, really busy. But he's really, really good. I've trained him since he was in fifth grade. And he went to college in Oregon. Uh, Lewis and Clark and started to go overseas and uh, really developed once he really got in college. That's when his real development starts to, his body starts to change. He was a skinny kid in high school. 
growing up and talked him out of going overseas and talked him into taking over Seattle. He just grew into this, this phenomenal trainer. And he's more than what he's doing in Seattle, but he's doing a lot. I mean, he makes a quarter million dollars a year. So he's obviously doing something. But I'm talking about expanding his training outside of, you know, just academy kids. I think he's more than that. And he understands the business. You know, I remember when he first took over, we were probably talking every day because I wasn't there. I was in Bermuda. I opened up Bermuda. And so we literally had to talk every day. And he went through a huge learning curve. And, um, you know, now he's kind of past that learning curve. But we talk every week, obviously, anyway. But, you know, he's a guy that submitted, learned a little bit easier for him because I trained him as a kid. But from a business aspect, you know, I tell him all the time. You know, Kelly, if you don't have a parent coming to you, telling you how good you're doing at least once a week or once every 10 days, you're fumbling. Something's going wrong. And that's stuck in his head. And that's all he is focused on is making sure that he's showing the parents. And this guy's 26 years old. He was, he was 27 now. But he was 24. Well, 22. Two, kind of 22 when he took over the academy and uh, just doing very well and he'll never do anything else the rest of his life I tell people all the time if you train well I should be able to take you by your collar pick you up take you to any city in the United States drop you off just drop you off and go okay build and you should be able to do that now, okay, so this next question. You trusted a 22-year-old with building a major part of your business. A lot of these guys, I guess the audience, the question is, what are your favorite instructional books or resources? You had a father who's an internet marketer who is genius when it comes to this kind of stuff, business building, right? right. So right. if people had to teach themselves, like this 22-year-old, he had you, Kelly had you, if you, right. these trainers were to teach themselves, what would you suggest that they use? Nothing. Go find somebody that knows what they're doing. I'm just being straight with you. Because it has nothing to do with videos or books, really. It has to do with your willingness to say, uh, again, I've got to go back to the beginning. You have to have a love for this thing. You have a love for kids. And that has to be driving you. you know, but outside of that, because it changes so much, okay? Training could change in a second. I'm talking like five seconds. And if you don't know what you're doing, and you don't know how to make the adjustments in the training, you're not really training. So you say, where do you go? You need to go somebody that knows what they're doing and then be with them and watch them. And watch, you know, my trainers all the time, I tell them, when you come to me, you forget everything you know about basketball. No disrespect, okay? I need a clean slate. I'd rather have somebody that doesn't even know basketball and then train them because they don't have any bad habits to go back on. Find somebody who knows what they're doing for certain, every aspect. I'm not just talking about basketball. I'm talking about personal. I'm talking about emotional. I'm talking about business-wise. I'm talking it all. Find somebody who knows what they're doing. That is the person that's going to take you to that next level. I wish I could say something different. A book can't teach you that because there's so many things that pop up in training. There's so many things that pop up in this business. I haven't even talked about the parents yet. Not once. But that's a huge aspect of, of or, this whole thing. Or facilities or renting out facilities or, yeah, or purchasing I, yeah, them just, a, a lease or a loan. And... Yeah, listen, MJ, there's a ton 
to talk about. So you say, where do you go? You can't get it to a book. You have to find a mentor, find somebody that, that has done it and that has results and people you can talk to and say, hey, tell me about this guy. Talk to me and then let them say, hey, you know, I, and people come to me and say, hey, I heard you train this guy. You know, guy, what, 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 what to tell No, hey, go talk to that person that you said I trained. Go talk to them and go talk to their parents. As you get done with them, then come to me. If you want to talk to a few other people, talk to a few other people. Then come to me. I want these people to be able to say who I am and what I can do because they can. They can. We allow our, our parents, all our parents can come to any training session of any kid, stand right by the trainer, ask any question they want, and these trainers should be able to tell them exactly what they're doing, exactly the drill that they're in, and what it's going to accomplish and what the result's going to be at the end of the day, and then show them. That should happen. Otherwise, it's a fumble. You're not doing your job. Unfortunately, there's a lot of parents out there who don't know basketball, don't know training. So whatever anybody does, it's like, oh, 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 and they're going through these these drills and they're running all over the court and they, wow, oh, yeah, wow, it looks like a good, look, you've really been working, but nothing was done. Okay, he, he moved around the court a lot, took a lot of shots, you know, dribbled a lot around the courts, but what was done? They get a little workout, good cardio, you know, but the question is, what was done? What did you do? And whatever, what, when you did what you did, where does that lead? Where is it going to lead me at the end of the day? Tell me because I want to see what you say. Well, well, you know, these trainers who are using the fancy drills and the marketing and the running around the court, I mean, it's attracting certain parents and they're thinking that, oh, this is really, really cool. And I guess what you're saying is those parents that are attracted by that, they don't know basketball. And the trainers no. who are actually authentic and doing the right thing, they shouldn't worry about the competitor getting more market share temporarily. They should stick to what they know and just keep gaining the clients who know about basketball. I mean, is that about right? No, how do you no, train? no, no, no. They don't even need to know about basketball. They don't even need to go. You know, I can't tell you how many how many kids uh, come to us and and after a week they're like, whoa, whoa. I learned more in a week than I did because we explain everything in detail. So it doesn't have to be the smart guy. It could be the parent that really doesn't know anything. They don't know anything until they see something else. And then when they see something else, they're like, oh, wow, this is, whoa. Well, they never explained this to me. We never knew this. And that's what happens. So you, you, don't, you, I, I don't, you don't have to have the savvy uh, basketball mom or basketball dad. You, know, you have any dad. It doesn't make any difference. But you just have to know what you're doing. It's just, I have to keep going to that one thing. And I'm only talking about training right now. You've got to know what you're doing. And the more you know what you're doing, the more you'll get referrals, the more you'll get clientele because they'll see it. If you know what you're doing, you're verifying what you're doing and it's proven and they can see, see it. I, in, in my phone right now, I can probably tell you I have hundreds of film, hundreds of clips of film, six second films, you know, 20 second films of kids because I want to film all the time. I want to see the development. I, I send it to the parents and the, all our parents keep a file. Everything we send them, they throw in the file, you know. I want them to keep this, keep track of all of this. You know, you start holding yourself accountable. They see this happening. They're like, whoa, okay. You know, it's easy for me to refer another kid to somebody who's holding themselves that accountable and it's verifiable and they're standing behind their word. They're standing behind their word. It's easy for me to, to refer somebody to somebody like that. Like, please, if I don't refer my friend to that person and my friend found out down the road 
they would go, what are you talking about? You've been, your kid's been there for, for a year and he's, he's developing like this and you don't tell me? It would be an insult to your friend. So they will say something. For sure, for sure. First question is, what kind of phone do you have to have hundreds of videos like that? <laughs> so I have two. I have like a, a Samsung phone. It has no data in it. All it is is just straight. It's, it's like a spare phone. And then I have another phone that I do videos with. And then just uh, sticking it, take it from the phone to the to the computer and uh, store them in there. Perfect. Okay. I was wondering if you use iCloud or some, some kind of hard drive yeah, to put it up yeah, there. Yeah. So. yeah, everything is backed up in the cloud too, by the way. Okay. Okay. So last, last question would be what – are there any other thoughts, I guess? I mean, it's covered a lot of different areas in the short conversation. Are there any other thoughts that you would like to leave with the trainers until the next time? You know, if there is a thought, I don't know if, you know, if I want to call it a thought, it's more of a challenge, you know, challenge yourself to figure out really what you want out of this whole thing. Really, what do you really want? You want a hobby, tool around, get a team of kids, you know, go out and find the best athletic kids that you can find to hide your training because you got athletic kids. You're probably going to come out on top a lot. doesn't mean you're a good trainer. It just means you just have more athletic kids, fast kids, aggressive kids. Uh, the guys are a little more passive and you just happen to have those aggressive kids that's carrying you through. But that's not a business. So you have to figure out what do you want? And then once you find out what you want, you need to find out, okay, what am I willing to give up to get what I want? And it might be personal. You know, it might be emotional, you know, it might be physical, but you have got to figure out what it is you're looking for. What are you doing? What are you going to do to get what you want so much? And it's going to take change. Unfortunately, I wish I could say something different, but it's going to take change. You're not going to get away from change. So if you're afraid of change, then that's something you need to focus on before anything. Okay. And, and a lot of that people are afraid to change because of their environment, you know, because I got to be somebody different. And what are my friends going to say? If I come in and say, Hey, you know, you know, I got to stop cussing, you know, and they've been cussing up a storm. You've been cussing. That's just your life. Now you got to sell your print. Now it's like, okay, I, well, I got to find a whole new set of friends now. Okay. This people is going to support me and trying to do something that I'm trying to do to better myself, to get my business going, to, to be a better person, to be all this other stuff. And, and that's hard to do sometimes. And those are the things that people have to sit back and go, okay, well, really, what am I looking for? You know, you can't be a physician and go into hypothetically a gynecologist and have a bad tongue and the women come into your office and, and you're cussing and saying all these kind of words. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. You, would, you wouldn't be in the business. So you, there's certain things you, you're going to have to give up. And it could be a, your speech pattern. Okay, you, you might need to have a better speech pattern. So you might need to go to the speech therapist and get a better speech pattern. You know, oh, they don't they don't like to accept me the way I am. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, got you. Well, guess what? You can wear gym trunks. Okay, you can wear gym trunks in a court of law and portray yourself as an attorney and look at the judge and say, hey, just accept me the way I am. This is the way I just like gym trunks. This is a, that won't happen. There's certain things that you're going to have to do to make you who you want to be. So you got to decide what you're willing, what you want, and then what you're willing to, to give up to, to really go get it. And that's the whole starting point. And once you've done that, 
everything else can fall themselves into place because now you're submissive to the things that you need to do to get what you want. But if you're not submissive to the point to get what you want, uh, then you'll fight it. You'll take some of it and you'll fight some of it. And when you take some and fight the, fight the other things, it doesn't balance itself out. So you're losing in a few areas that you're fighting, but you're gaining on one side and you lose on the other side and it turns out a zero. And you keep going back to zero, 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 zero. Wow, that's, that's an awesome note to end on. Sacrifice, a challenge to sacrifice good to go to great. So www.bda, B as in boy, D as in dog, A as in apple, bdahoops.com. Coach Stacy, is that the best place for people to read up more about you and what you have going on? Well, they'll read about, you know, what we do with the academy and kind of get a gist of what's going on. But the know-how, you won't get it there. You know, that's just something that's out there for the public to digest and understand what's going on. We do, you know, obviously we put schedules and things like that, notices and so forth on there, reviews and that, those kinds of things. But it doesn't say anything about this, building a business or what to do to become a better trainer or anything like that. I'm sharing this uh, out of the love of the game, out of the love of people. I know there's a lot of individuals out there that really have a passion for the game and have a passion for kids. But they say, you know, I really want this. So how do I get this? What do I do? You know, if I could lend some advice, you know, some mentorship to lead them in in right directions, you know, I want to do that. It won't come through a website. The website is just there for BDA, you know, not a teaching tool for the public. But, you know, if you have a business and you do not have a website, you're fumbling, immensely fumbling. You don't have a business card. You're not portraying yourself as a business. I just left the court yesterday and uh, some guy came in and he was doing something with some kid and I asked him if he was trained. He said, yeah. And he was dressed in, uh, look like he got the shirt from Target. Maybe he went and got the, the shorts, uh, you know, from Foot Locker, uh, you know, and his basketball shoes. But that wasn't a business to me. He said, he's, that's what he does. But that isn't a business to me. Uh, you see our trainers, they have gear on. They have gear. They have company gear on. Okay, just it's like uh, delivering a truck for UPS. You know, you ain't gonna go out in your street clothes. You, you got to be in UPS gear. You show up without UPS gear, they'll be they thinking like, you know, who are you? You know, you don't work for UPS. You're not a UPS driver. So, you you want to be a business? You have to act like a business. That's great, Coach Stacy. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your love with the audience and i look forward to the next time hopefully we can do it again absolutely maybe go into a little more detail mj on specific topics it'd be a lot easier because we cover a lot of ground right now and was ambiguous on 90 percent of it and that's not because i wanted to confuse anybody but it's just it's too you know to go into each thing detail would take all day for sure for sure so next time i do plan to talk to a trainer, see what they're, a specific trainer that we want to target, talk to them, see what they need, and uh, dig more into a niche topic. But until then, we'll work on that. But I think there was a lot of value in this episode, too. Well, MJ, I appreciate you uh, reaching out to these guys and, you know, creating a a format for growth. You really, you have something really good going on. And if I could be a part of it to help out, I'm right there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you all for tuning in and until next time. Thanks for listening to the Basketball to Business Media Podcast. 
If you want to learn more and take the next steps towards growing your business, go to www.basketballtobusiness.com. Like this episode, review us on iTunes, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll catch you on the next show.